0: Get ready to take your branding to the next level. This is Million Dollar Branders. We know what it takes to build million dollar brands because we live it and breathe it. And now we're sharing our tips and success secrets with you. Here's your host, Justine Pogroski. Hi, Ram. I want to welcome you to the Million Dollar Branders podcast and everyone. We have an amazing guest. His name is Ram Castello. Ram, you are an amazing design director. You're a two-time author, speaker, creative live instructor, decision-making coach, and approved advisor based in Sydney. And you also started the blog, GiantThinkers.com. You're an award-winning design director who's worked for top global renowned agencies such as Ogilvy & Mather, DDB, McCain, to name a few, and you're a top ranking podcaster. So the blog GiantThinkers.com, you help thousands of design students and graduates find employment. You've had some incredible guests on there As a result, you've also been featured in Communication Arts, How Magazine, Herman Miller, DeFrost. The list goes on. Apple. So it's an honour to have you on the show today. And Ram, just in one minute, what does it take to be a million-dollar thought leader?
1: Oh, okay. So, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that the immensity of your goals and your dreams and your hopes. Uh, the immensity of whatever that might be is in direct proportion to the intensity of your actions. It's all well and good to, to, to really go for that, uh, you know, million dollar goal, that million dollar business, that million dollar brand. Um, but it takes work. And I know that might seem like, I know, I know it takes work, but, but, but the reality is, we've got to be in the arena. We've got to we've got to stay in the discomfort almost voluntarily, um, because, you know, I spoke to Stephanie Rice actually on my podcast, and she's a five-time gold medalist, three-time gold, world record holder, and she said anyone can have what I have, anyone can can be exceptional. But what it comes down to is, are you willing to do what it takes, which is seven days a week, seven hours of training for like fifteen years?
0: Damn, that is fire, I love that. And you do, as an entrepreneur, you've got to be willing to do whatever it takes. So I love that vibe and I, and I love what you're doing. So, I mean, coming from an agency background myself, I know that it's extremely fast paced. It's a, a huge corporate playground. And, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of this we have in common, but what are some of the key character traits you think that have served you to be one of the best design directors in the industry?
1: Well, I think there's the, there's the technical craft component, which is absolutely critical to even play in the game. Um, and by that, I mean, you've got to learn the the bare minimums of design fundamentals, design principles. You've got to look at things from an ecosystem point of view. You've got to understand strategy and you've got to also understand the importance of Um, business objectives what's feasible desirable viable sustainable all those things Um, but then there's a lot of inner work that comes with this as well Um, you know design director or otherwise or design industry or, or not or creative industry or not if you look at the best in the world they have had a relentless persistence to stay in it you look at Ian Thorpe, you know, he is a, a very famous Australian swimmer and he was actually allergic to chlorine. Uh, you look at David Beckham, he is very well known as a, as a you know, one of the most well-known professional um, football slash soccer players. Um, he, uh, we found out that he was allergic, uh, sorry, that he had asthma when he was playing for LA Galaxy and he pulled out his puffer and this was after he had already played in the English Premier League and and won you know a few UA for championships um you look at Serena Williams who uh, is on her way to potentially becoming one of the greatest uh, of all time 24 grand slams almost um equaling Margaret Court and she has pulmonary embolism which is blood clots in her body which travel tra- has traveled to her lungs and she almost you know uh, died um, while giving birth. Um, You know, the list goes on basically, you know, from Walt Disney being fired from a newspaper for lacking imagination to Colonel Sanders at 65 starting KFC. So what it really comes down to is in my mind is you really have to operate at a level with which um, you understand that It's it's, success is not given and and building a meaningful anything uh, requires a payoff and a trade-off. And that is money, time, energy, um, humiliation sometimes. One of my favorite quotes currently is uh, with Jeff Bezos saying, if you really cannot tolerate criticism, then don't do anything new or interesting.
0: Well, wow. that quote—that's absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> I love that quote, and you know, there, there's a saying on that note: like either you run the day or the day runs you. So, what do you think about this, and and how do you go about achieving your goals and making things happen?
1: Ooh, that's a good thought, there, um, Justine. I think um, to a point, there's only so much you can control. Um, there's actually a formula around this, uh, that I learned from, uh, a, a, a development company, a personal development company and professional development company called LSI. And, um, basically it's called S, um, S plus, uh, T equals R. And that means uh, stimulus plus thinking equals response. Yeah. So the stimulus being, um, and this lands back to what you were saying about, you know, does do you run the day or does the day run you? The stimulus is anything from the scenario, the circumstance, the uh, the the context, the the event, the people, whatever. Insert the stimulus here, plus the thinking, which is the only thing that you can control, equals how you respond. And so, I guess what I want to want listeners to get out of that is we can only control our response and our response is in direct correlation to how we perceive and interpret the scenario or the situation or the person. And so it's taken a, a, a lot of work to get to where I am, to understand that um, to a point. And I'm constantly going to evolve how that lands and echoes in my life personally, but um, because it's very hard. <laughs> All of this that I'm saying is not, in theory, it makes sense, um, but um, I think when when it comes down to um, how do I um, operate in the day or how do I navigate through my goals and uh, how do I navigate through just decision-making as a whole, it really comes down to a three-part process for me and, and what I've coined the lightning bolt method, and this is on my, my website for anyone that wants to look at this a bit deeper it's it's uh, on ramcastillo.com and i've coined it the lightning bolt method because i wanted to help people who are not formally trained in design or design thinking um, to take this and apply it to anything whether it's designing a business whether it's deciding what to have for dinner tonight right um, and the three-part process is um, I've, I've noticed that there's the, there's people that can identify their objectives, but they don't interrogate it. So that's number one, interrogate your objectives. By that, I mean, uh, what is the minimum viable intention? What is the intention? Because how it lives can be and, and, and come out in many different ways. I didn't know that I was going to write two books, you know, do two global tours, speaking tours around the world, have a podcast. I didn't know it would look like that. My intention was to help my younger self And, and I found pain points that I wish someone would have told me. And that's the old scratch your own niche entrepreneurship thing. So you've got insight there, how it lives can look like many different ways, just like there's many different paths to climb that mountain. So interrogate your objectives. Don't just identify it. The second part is, um, curate your criteria. Now we all have a list of criteria, but you've got to curate it down to this. What is your non-negotiables? Or what are your non-negotiables? You know the things that you are potentially limited by time, energy, money—all those things we're talking about. You do have limits, so what are your boundaries as well? What are you willing to negotiate in terms of lifestyle? Um, these are the things that that will help your decision making. And then the third part is um, is there's going to be challenges, so so dismantle the obstacles. And by this, I mean when you've identified that's what I want. Those are my non-negotiables. That's going to help direct my compass. These are the challenges that are in, in the way. What that really means is is just what is the root cause analysis. Oftentimes, not always, but often, it's actually about the mindset. It's actually about the fear. It's actually an internal. It's like
0: I don't agree you know, more. 100%. It's that
1: whole thing about the you know the problem isn't the problem. It's usually our attitude to the problem.
0: Absolutely brilliant! So, guys, I definitely recommend you check it out on the website. And Ram, um, you say that poor quality and lack of focus is right up there as the gateway to a downhill spiral. So, on that note, like, what are some tips that you have for people to stay focused in their careers, in their business, and in their life?
1: Okay, so in terms of in terms of focus, I mean. It's interesting because I recently uh, posted a quote about I, I wished I would have said to my younger self, um, your lack of motivation is not that at all. It's actually a lack of clarity. So what do you need clarity on? What you feel might be a lack of focus is actually a direct, in my mind, a direct, um, a direct correlation to. Uh, not having very clear measurable um, goals and don't overcomplicate it for anyone listening. And, and by all means, we've heard this acronym. I'm sure many of us have the smart S M A R T, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, relatable to the goal and time bound, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. If, if you do not have a, a specific you know, f- forget about the why for a minute. And I say that because a lot of people talk about the why, but I don't think that people lack necessarily a why. We 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 know why what we want. We 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 know that we're here in some way, shape, or form to contribute to what's meaningful and 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 fulfilling to you. In some way, shape or form, there are, you know, th- there's there's five or six basic human needs. And, and a lot of what's really fulfilling uh, is that we feel um, recognized and, and we, f- we feel that we're contributing and we're part of something bigger than us, right? So I'll put it this way. Uh, Simon Sinek has, has said this and I love it. And I'll share this with you now because it runs deep. But it's like a car doesn't exist just so we can put petrol in the car. The car exists to take us to a destination, just like an entity, whether it's a business or otherwise, an entity or community, a business, it doesn't exist just to make money, for example. It needs money to run, just like a car needs petrol. But the entity exists for something greater, to move humanity forward in some way, shape or form doesn't matter if it's a a mechanic shop, you're creating safety for families. Every time a car comes in through the door, whether it's, you're creating, you know, a a solar, you know, energy system like Tesla a battery operator, whatever it is, you know, it doesn't matter in some way, shape or form you're contributing to the world more meaningfully. And so I guess it's just that sure. Understand your why, but measure measure the milestones, know that, that ha- whatever you do, it's iterative. It's evolving. Don't get too tied down to how it's going to look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, artists, even they look at a blank canvas and then it's, 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 it, and I've spoken to so many and I myself have, have done a lot of art, but like, it's never really exactly how you envisioned it in your head. So, true. so embrace the spontaneity, embrace the journey, and em- embrace the evolution. Um, but stick to the intention and focus on the intention.
0: I love it. It's such an important message. Focus on the intention. And Ram, can I ask you what makes you tick? Like, what sparked <laughs> your creativity?
1: Oh, that's a, you got me. You got me blushing here, Jesse. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't look. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess how I, how that question landed was more you know, how did I get to where I am? Great parenting. Um, And I'll be very transparent. My parents are from the Philippines, so I'm Filipino, but we migrated here when I was one. My dad is one of 11 siblings. His father passed away when 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 my dad was only three. His father passed away. The way out was education so he graduated marine transportation mechanical engineering two degrees oh. get to australia they're not recognized here so these are the things that have shaped me my mom's one of five her father was never really around he was in the military but he was also you know quite abusive a bit of an alcoholic and a, and a, and a womanizer when when he w- was home so my grandma on my mom's side She, she was the real entrepreneur. She had a little corner store and plus she had a sewing machine. So she was running two businesses and she, she was, she was a hustler. And so these are the things that I think has made me quote unquote tick, but it really goes down to this. Anyone can, anyone can have that. It's just going down your own truth barrel. I want listeners to understand that the things that make you different and when we're all searching for cutting through the noise in our business or our brand a competitive advantage it's the overlay of appeal and and exclusivity so what's appealing is your you what's your story what's what what's the life that you've lived because when we talk about and I, now I'm kind of skewing towards like you know business because that's you know a lot of and branding it, it's it's those are the things that has equity already without you even trying. So, you know, sure. I imagine a world with greater inclusivity, diversity like that. You know, I don't speak from the voice of a white male because I'm not. So I speak from right. the voice and the truth of a Filipino kid who had it tough. And you don't have to appreciate that to acknowledge that. And uh, so you don't have to ha- gone through that to appreciate that, I should say but it's my truth and so i'm not going against the grain in fact the only competition as what michael jordan would always say is it's it's you versus you and so i think we need to get out of our own way share the truth and you can't go wrong because you're not scripting anything even with these interviews i get from like i i'm on podcast interviews like two three four five times a week I'm just sharing my story. There's nothing to script. I've lived a life and I'm sharing that experience to the world because there's a difference between lived experience and observed experience and take confidence in knowing that your truth is your truth. There's, that's it.
0: I love it. I always, I'm such a strong believer in life. You've got to be your own competition. So I'm all with Michael Jordan there. And the one thing that I really notice about you is that you are so heart centered. You're so humble. And I, I, I love that about you. I think that you are doing great things for the world. And on that note, what are some warning signs to just people that their goals are too small for them?
1: Oh, warning signs. Look, if you are not scared, <laughs> constantly, that's a sign. And the other way to look at that is, are you too comfortable? And I've, I've, I've been going through this recently, funnily enough, when you've asked that question, um, I was realizing that I was playing it safe. And one of my friends says it really well. Um, He, he, he said uh, comfort zones are danger zones, because if you look at, and, and, you know, Justine, we were talking off air of, 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 you know, our love for fitness as well. And, and, you know, it's, it's that the muscle cannot grow without having, Uh, a bit of stress and it tears in a healthy way, regrows, you know, it's that. So what muscle are you working when you're comfortable? Nothing, you're not, nothing's happening. And so I think we've also got to look at it as take your rest, take your break a hundred percent, but there comes a time where you've also got to be in the arena, the famous Theodore Roosevelt quote, you know, man in the arena or woman in the arena because there's, there's plenty of cheap seats. There's plenty of people that can watch and critique and comment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it goes to the person that's in the arena, getting their muddy face and, and you know, batting for the fences, so to speak. Um, so, I mean, that, that's it. I, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's more a question of fear and,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: how I would define fear is fear um, is simply untested Assumptions that they are false constructs based on untested assumptions. You know, test the assumption, test the assumption. That's it. It's exposure and conditioning. I know we all know this, but you know, I believe that you can be courageous as the, as the term is. Courage is not necessarily uh, about not feeling the fear. In fact, courage is feeling it and doing it anyway. So the question is, why, why do you want to do it? Well, when the pain of remaining the same becomes greater than the pain of changing, that's when you've got to do it.
0: Powerful. I've, I've just
1: been sick and tired of being sick and tired. I think we've all been there.
0: 100%, especially now in lockdown, right? <laughs> Again, That's it. <laughs> so um, just wanted to know, what is one thing you've failed at and what is the number one lesson that you've learned from it?
1: Oh, so many things. Um, Look, I think it's also important to define failure as all as a learning opportunity. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but when, when you've gone for something and it hasn't worked out, sure. You know, that was a failed attempt, but I often also reframe it as it's not necessarily a no, it's a no, not yet. And (laughs) what I mean by that is some people do take it as a no full stop it's important to understand that, like I was saying earlier, Mm -hmm. it's an iteration, it's a, it's a process. And so, you know, and the past isn't necessarily uh, a direct, um, you know, uh, direct uh, result of what's going to happen for for the future. It's, 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 it informs you, but it certainly shouldn't um, shouldn't govern you. Um, So I'll give you one example. Uh, When I wrote my first book, which started off from the blog. I was writing the blog. It was building traction slowly. By the way, for the first couple of months, it was no one was reading it. My mum and my sister confirmed by Google <laughs> Analytics. So it wasn't it wasn't like this big <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's right. So uh, then, then gradually got picked up by Howe Magazine Communication Arts. And then AIGA, American Institute of Design, contacted me. And I have family and friends in LA. So they were like, you know, if ever you come to New York, uh, come see us. So there I am, go to New York, invited by... AIGA and sitting on these grand red chairs overlooking Madison square Avenue. And then I thought it was just a casual meet and greet. There I am with my Tim Tams handing that off over to as a gift. Um, But they were serious. It was like a full formal board meeting. And, um, and it was straight to it. It was like, how are you engaging with an audience that we're struggling to engage with Ram? They were saying, and I said, look, I don't have a strategy. Uh, I'm just writing to my younger self. And they were like, "Cool, cool. Can, do you want to write for us? And so then I started writing for them, but then I come home and I'm like, I think I'm onto some, something here because I'm filling a need, but the blog post writing becomes very disposable. It's, it's quite, you know, just you read it or you scan it. Yeah. What can I create? That's a bit more commanding. So I thought a book, I'll just write a book. Crazy idea. I've never written a book, not formally trained. None of that. Nine months later, I have a manuscript. Uh, I go to 20 different publishers meetings wow. and, um, and, and sponsors and they all rejected me, Justine. (laughs) And so it's a funny turn of events, because some of them uh, were even saying there's no room for for that in the marketplace. We don't think that, you know, that in, in not so many words, but you know, who are you to kind of write this book, which is called how to get a job as a designer. I ended up calling it. Long story short, AIJ found out. So I I self published it because I had a choice. You always have a choice. Yes. So I'll just self publish it. And I thought eh, it's probably not gonna get anywhere because I don't have any I just literally Googled the shit out of how to how to launch a book. And
0: i am tell you you're a doer, by the way. And I wish there was a book like that when I started design.
1: Exactly right. Exactly you right. So
0: Googled it and then what happened?
1: I Googled it and I was like, Okay, so that so there's a few steps here that I can do. Um, so I just designed it myself, marketed it myself, got a few tips from other publishers, uh, sure. other, sorry, authors, s- sought mentors and just managed it Say you know, worked a few extra jobs to fund it. AIJ found out and they bought a ton and said, can we host you for a speaking tour around America? We've got 72 chapters across America. And oh. so I, I skipped the Australian market and went to America. Wow. I then ended up speaking at Creative Live, which had 10,000 people tuned in live. Imagine in Australia, so that we have this show called, you know, The Project, which is like a studio audience. It's like that. Five cameras in my face. Never done this before, mind you. Okay, so totally. like I had no idea what to expect.
0: Loving I'm shitting you. my pants. <laughs>
1: the whole thing. Like I'm scared because I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm doing. But again, I'm just looking at. Well, how can I help people? rather than think about what they think about me. And sometimes that anxiety does come up naturally when you're speaking in front of anyone, imposter syndrome, all that I'm saying it does exist. It had, I experienced that, but I, I just kept focusing on being helpful. I just focused on them, not me. Who am I speaking to? How can I help them? And that sort of carried me through. I get back to Australia and then uh, I get called up by Apple. They said we want to host you for an event here in in, in Sydney. Oh, cool. The place was packed in the flagship store in George Street. Oh. Um, the the places that rejected the book here, uh, including one of the top design schools, Billy Blue, they ended up booking me for six talks, paid. Um, I even spoke at their graduation ceremony wow. as a as an industry speaker. And I my parents couldn't afford to take me to Billy Blue because it was um, at the time it was like forty five. Grand and now it's like ninety grand or more, That's
0: but awesome. these are the things
1: I didn't even graduate there because okay. my parents couldn't afford to take me there.
0: Yeah, amazing. So,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, so what's next for you?
1: Ah, uh, what's next to me? So right now, I after you come I, to the world. <laughs> yeah. Look, I <laughs> I think it's it's also you know again going back to the intention. For me, it's now trying to impact and make change on an ecosystem level point of view. So, you know, I, I, uh, my, I was formerly the head of digital design at Saatchi and Saatchi, uh, servicing Amex, Qantas, Toyota. Previously, I was design director at DDB, and can uh, servicing- I say,
0: Because you say it so, like, oh, I was here and I did this, but for anyone. And I've worked in those agencies for anyone at Rams level who can get to that level. It's just, it's an insane achievement in itself. So he's very humble, but it is an a in, in position to have so big congratulations uh, for all of your achievements.
1: I appreciate that Justin, Cause it, it is, it is tough. It is very it's tough, but, very tough. <laughs> but at the same time, I also look at it as, um, you know, what famously was said by Jim Carrey, you can fail at what you don't love. So you might as well go for what you love. (laughs) So there's no guarantees anyway, no matter which path you take, you want to take the safe path. How are you guaranteed that that's going to work out for you? So for for me, it was worth the time and the energy and, and, and more importantly, who are you becoming because of what you choose to do? because the job isn't designed to make you happy necessarily. That's not the point it's, it carries, it's a vehicle to carry what values you want to develop, what you want to be around. Um, but I'm, I'm digressing a bit. So, so for me, it was, so now all of, I, I realized that you can climb up the ladder of success only to realize that it might not always, but it might be leaning against the wrong wall. Mm. And so, as confronting as that might sound for me i'm constantly asking that question is this the best use of my time is this where i can make the most impact what kind of change do i want to see in the world as grand as that might sound but the the the, the fact is that i look at you know there's there's something i always say about you know a fish a fish would be a terrible tree climber so look at what your strengths are you know, I'm not built like LeBron James. I'm like five, six and a half, five, seven. And I was always a small kid, um, you know, late bloomer, the whole thing. I was bullied in school, like badly. I got my arm broken three times and 16 stitches before the age of 11. I missed that bit. But, you know, all of the experiences that you've had shaped you. And for me, again, it goes back to, well, where do my strengths lie then? Or what am I good at? Or how can I contribute? Because I can't, you can't do everything, you know, stick yeah. to what you're good at and double down on that, like you can make massive impact. So I'm now focused on advisory work. So I sit on the advisory board for a few companies, um, tomorrow's superannuation, virtual psychologist, and I directly advise a whole bunch of different businesses in APAC uh, about human-centered design, creative strategy, digital marketing, branding. And I think that's where I can make the most impact because businesses and entrepreneurs as well, we have the ability to create entities that can actually shape change. And so that's what I'm focused on at the moment. Um, Advisory work, coaching, business, coaching, consulting, and also owning businesses and investing in businesses.
0: So amazing. Well, we definitely cannot wait to see what you do in the coming years because you are changing the world in everything that you do. And just so you know, um, you've got to you've got to read the blog, guys. So definitely giantthinkers.com and Ram, how else can people connect with you or if they're a business, they want to get in touch? I will put the details below, but please do let us know.
1: Yeah. I mean, best way is Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, just send me a DM, even just, just to say hello, introduce yourself. I'm, I'm very responsive. Um, and that's what it's about. You know, I've always believed that, um, that, you know, we, you are the average of the five people we spend the most time with famous Jim Rohn quote. So, so reach out to me on Instagram or LinkedIn, if that's your bag. Uh, but I'm active everywhere. Clubhouse. Um, Twitter, Clubhouse, Clubhouse. Um, everywhere. That's how Justine and I met. And, in room. <laughs> yeah, well, I heard yeah. Justine, and I was like, this, this, this woman's <laughs> awesome. And uh, you know, love your heart, love your mind, and that's what it's about. You know, because if you you want to travel fast, travel alone. If you want to travel together, you know, travel in a, in, a, in a group. So, be be very conscious as to the people you connect with, what you listen to, what you see. You know how you speak how others speak you know the environment it's it's all about fertile ground and know that the seeds you plant is really dependent on that soil you know so how are you nurturing that soil hopefully it's interesting to this podcast
0: and how are you planting those tiny trees so that's it
1: million
0: dollar brands Thank you so much, Ram. Really appreciate you having ha- having you on the show. It's been absolutely amazing. To all of our listeners, thank you for listening. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you, Ram.
1: Thank you so much, Steve. You. You're awesome.